0: Welcome to Hensley's Hangout with Kyle and Pat What's up folks, it's your host Kyle speaking here from the, uh, the COVID sick ward uh, I'm joined <laughs> virtually via FaceTime by my co-host Pat, how are you doing today Pat?
1: Doing good, man. This has got to be like a a throwback game or an ESPN classic game with the fact that we're doing like a, a March 2020 episode or something like that. This is COVID uh, th- no, remote. this is the
0: this is the the Lamar uh, shit in his pants COVID game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that could be a good uh, a good correlation. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, we we're, we're speaking of Lamar. You know, how are we feeling about that injury report that he's out one to three weeks? Are we thinking that's an actual? One to three weeks, or do you think it's longer? Like, I, I'm kind of concerned about the open-endedness of that injury assessment.
0: Uh, extremely concerned. Definitely shades of, of last year coming out here. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm definitely not feeling optimistic at all. I mean, Tyler Huntley, he could have he, he looked he looked okay. You know, he got the job done. But um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling very optimistic about the rest of the season at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh it's pretty difficult position to be in. I mean Tyler Huntley's a serviceable backup for sure. I mean we saw the spurts last year. I mean even though he has had flashes in the pan, or, it's just that he's not as talented as Lamar, like plain and simple. So no, of course not. Um, I mean I was there on Sunday and well, we're gonna get, get still into having. That. Tr- yeah, I was. I'm still having tremors over that, but go ahead.
0: So I, I, you you were at the game. This was a, a contentious Ravens win. I mean, just listen, just watching at home, you could hear the boos starting from like, I I don't know, like the second quarter probably. And um, I mean, obviously we won the game. It, it, it's a ba- it's a bad look for Ravens fans for sure. But it's a pretty bad look for the Ravens to have won a game against the Broncos by one point. So anyway, uh, let, let's let's step through uh, just a, a scene report. So I, I kind of want a little bit of before the game, during the game, what was the vibe after the game? How were people feeling? Kind of like, yeah, walk, walk me through it. What was the, what was the, what was the Yeah, story?
1: so um, before the game, you know, everybody was kind of having the general, you know, taking it easy, having a good time, basically having the feeling were, of, like... Were people
0: feeling you know, optimistic?
1: We're going to win today, yeah. but um, if we don't win, like we're going to burn the city to the ground, like basically throwing the panic button. So... We get in there, and you know the Ravens' offense starts off very slow. Broncos Wait, kind on. of started off with a feel. Let's, yeah.
0: let's take a step back. Where are you sitting? What's the view like? Take me through it. Oh, just, I, just set the scene. so stage. I'm
1: in. I, I'm in the. I'm in the nosebleeds, or uh, you know, with with the common folk. Where which, like side? which side? Which side of the stadium? Real temperature of the Ravens. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, um. Like, you know, behind the goalpost, so I'm getting all kinds of views, got a good view of the flyover, all that, that shit. But the Love problem that. that I had was as soon as the Ravens, you know, came out and they went their first three and out, that's when all the groans started. Like, oh, no. I, I heard so many, you know, don't pay Lamar, bring in Huntley. Like, they were saying, people were saying, bring in Huntley after one fucking drive. Like, I, I can't even make this shit up. And I sat there quiet and, You know, just taking it all in and just hearing stuff, and then
0: obviously it was downhill from there. Go ahead. Obviously, it was downhill from there.
1: Oh yeah, and um, you know, the thing is is that I thought initially that Lamar—I didn't know he got hurt. I thought they like benched him. Oh no! And I was like, I was like, (laughs) what the fuck is happening? And then I realized he was hurt, and I was like, I was like, okay, thank God, this is not like. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But basically during that whole game, I just had to hear just absolutely ridiculous statements. I mean, I'm not gonna repeat them over and over because it's just uh, you know, nauseating at this point. But, you know, it's just really sad to me as we're associated as Ravens fans with these idiots. And I know they exist across the NFL amongst every team, but you know for a team that's been perennially successful for its thirty something odd year you know, tenure. I've never seen more spoiled fans in my life. And after we went through uh the the downfall of Joe Flacco after the Super Bowl, you know, you'd think they would show a little bit more appreciation for having a stability of quarterback and having, you know, an NFL MVP at quarterback.
0: And uh so okay, they, they they pull out the W. Everybody's leaving the stadium. Anybody uh anybody feeling bad about about their the statements that they had made previously?
1: No, everybody just was happy that the game was won. Um I was on cloud 9. I was so ecstatic. I was like, "Holy shit, we just pulled that shit out." You know, and everybody was saying like, "God, if that was close. Like, imagine if we would have lost." And my first reaction was, you know, we lost those four games that we shouldn't have due to like coughing up two score leads and this kind of evens them out. Like this, mm, this law, lo- this yeah. win right here is kind of like makes one of those a moot point. Like, you know, how everybody's like, well, we should have won those games. It's like, yeah, well we should have lost this one. So this, that kind of, <laughs> you know, helped that, that whole argument. But I think leaving that game shows you like how much Lamar means to them. I mean, Huntley did a great job in that last drive. That's no doubt about it. But yeah, a lot of those plays were, you know, a targeting penalty, uh, you know, a lot of, Things had to fall our way, and I'm not even going to get into it too much, but that James Perche uh, wide receiver hand around to throw it in the end zone was the dumbest play call I've ever seen in my life. Like, made no sense with the way the offense was going down the field, but they had a nice little you know, give and take with the run and the pass, and then they throw that bullshit in there. It was just unreal.
0: So I'd I just like to take a quick victory lap um, to our defending undisputed champion, if you're listening. I called it. I called the ninety-four yard, uh, the ninety-four yard drive on that last one uh, for the touchdown. You doubted it. Screw you.
1: Right, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's typical uh, Johnny Raincloud veteranery. There. <laughs>
0: uh, in other news, rest in peace to Team USA.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, we were definitely humbled by the Dutch. I mean, they they played a good game uh, relatively. I mean, they held possession well, and they have a lot of young talent in midfield and attack Uh, I mean, but their glaring needs are at center back, which they always are. I think they also have a lack of depth and I think they utilize the MLS players too much than they should but a lot of younger players that are coming up are playing all over Europe and uh, I think in 2026 when we're keeping it in uh, North America because you know I'm not sure if you're aware or not but the World Cup in 2026 is held by us, Mexico and Canada
0: I don't know anything about uh, football, so everything you're talking about <laughs> is related to depth and whatnot, way over my head. I'll take your word for it. So
1: you're, so your part of that stereotype, is like now that you don't, now that the World Cup's over for the United States, you can stop pretending you like soccer for another four years, huh?
0: Uh, absolutely. I didn't even really pretend <laughs> to care while the World Cup was happening. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I'll, I'll tune in, but that's about it. Anyway. No, I get it. Uh, I guess one, actually, one last note I want to, I want to make on the Ravens game. And this is just you know if if, I if I take a step back and approach this game as a Broncos fan, they got to be feeling just terrible. Like those defensemen held the the defense held the Ravens to three points until the like what fifty five minutes of the game, and they lose by one point. Like dude, Russ Wilson sucks ass.
1: I couldn't stand watching that as a Broncos fan. Like, that defense <laughs> is legit. Like, they are a good team. They're so
0: good. The defense uh, the defensive, is awesome. The
1: defense, like, they have good young talent. Yeah, dude. And they were absolutely banged up on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's a wide receiver, running back, um, and the offensive line. But, oh, my God, I'm just so concerned with the play calling and quarterback play. Like, really puts things in perspective for the Ravens fans. I mean, we're 8-4, and, and we're bitching about <laughs> – stuff other teams would literally just give their their mom's life to have what we have
0: yeah. and
1: we're bitching about play calling and shit which is fair but it could be so much worse
0: right now i think that the 22 or the yeah 23 draft first rounder that the uh seahawks got is now the number four pick i want to say crazy.
1: yeah they uh they, they actually said on part of my take you know how like when the Broncos and the Seahawks made that trade, that they graded it like the Broncos got an A minus, and I think the Seahawks they gave a D plus, <laughs> and I think P I think PFT commenter was like, I give that trade an F plus for the Broncos. The only reason I'm giving it an, a plus is because they actually made a trade and they actually graded a trade. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous how much this this trade backfires, and also the fact that. They have Russ locked up for five years and 170 million guaranteed. Like, Broncos, you know, he's, he's either got to get his shit, at, like, he's got to get his head out of his ass or something. That's just not good.
0: Let's ride. So, oh, anyway, so cringe. Uh, that brings us into our next section Trade Talk. So a couple of trades uh, coming in under the wire. Uh, trade deadline for the league was just last night at the end of Monday Night Football. Um, so first one I want to talk about. Honestly, this feels like a pretty big trade to me with some pretty, pretty interesting long-term implications, or at least it could, is um, Joe Dennis traded with um, the Erdmans. The Dennis's traded uh, Isaiah Pacheco and a third-round pick for the injured Javante Williams. So Javante, I don't remember what the injury was. Was it an ACL? I believe so, yes. In, back in like week one or week two of this season, this guy, Javante Williams, obviously, was one of the hottest commodities in the offseason. Everybody wanted him in uh, fantasy. So um, and he had a great great season last year, uh, kind of um, struggled to, to really blow up because of Melvin Gordon, uh, who obviously is not there anymore, um, so Joe Dennis picks up a guy who looked really awesome but didn't quite flourish before the injury. Tyler gets Isaiah Pacheco, who has had a really awesome rookie season, but, I mean, he's on a past first team. Um, he also gets that third-round scratch-off, which we've seen some some quality players come out of the third round as well. So uh, this, to me, seems like a good trade on both sides. I mean, I could totally understand why why Dennis would want him. Um, and I think this feels like a pretty reasonable price for him from the Dennis's standpoint. I mean, Pacheco is, he was a late round pick. It's not like this guy has a huge amount of draft capital that the Chiefs spent on him. Um, but I mean, he, he's played really well. He's definitely the best of the running backs on the chiefs team. And, you know, having pieces of one of the best teams in the league is a good idea. I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, I, I, um, no, that's a pretty good assessment. I think, uh, well, my first reaction was once he traded away Pacheco, I was a little confused because I thought like, with him and Kenneth Walker in his backfield, they could cement like a nice little one-two punch for years to come. And, but also my first reaction was, okay, I'm playing him this week. So he definitely doesn't have anybody to beat me. So at least yeah. I will definitely guarantee get a win to possibly move into playoffs. That was my first selfish reaction, but sec But, he did technically upgrade at running back. I think Javante Williams will be the standalone bell cow in the Denver backfield now that, you know, Melvin Gordon's gone and they have they've had like these fuck around guys back there for now.
0: I mean and, there's uh, there's two ways that can go though. You know, one way is the J. K. Dobbins way, you know. It might not be as simple as maybe we're hoping it is.
1: No, uh, there's there's definitely some risk there with the injury, but i think it was a good trade for both guys in terms of tyler also getting a third round pick too i mean he's got a very very deep running back room and he gets younger um you know as a team i mean not that the running back from javante to him is any younger i mean they're basically the same yeah age. i
0: mean i think but I, I and
1: think... uh i think pacheco has shown flashes too where he's he seems to be a guy that's going to get you 20 touches a game whether it's catching the ball rushing the ball and he's very explosive and when he starts to increase his workload I don't think he's going to be taking kickoffs back anymore
0: oh I definitely. think the Chiefs
1: are going to be looking to deal Edwards Hilaire
0: so I don't uh, know if do you think I, I don't know too much about Pacheco's background but I wonder you know he he has kind of the build of somebody like Austin Eckler or something like that like I wonder if he could play that pass catching role I mean I, you got to imagine that's what they were hoping they would get out of Clyde Edwards Hilaire a couple of years ago that didn't pan out. So I mean, maybe it's true that Pacheco's workload could look like no,
1: that. No, I think the pack, or I'm sorry, I'm. I think the Chiefs' goal with having a running back is to have an effective pass-catching back due to the, you know, pass-first offense. However, they need to be effective run bo- or, or pass blockers, and with Edwards-Helaire's size, I don't think they got. The improvement in that department but i'm not sure what they were expecting from him too and he he's not bad i don't understand where this downfall of edwards layer is coming from so we'll see if they deal him or whatnot but you know but all around good trade for both sides yeah. i think it makes sense yeah no doubt uh, i, I think, mean i, I, I think, think i this also is... just think sean's main goal is just to increase his depth at all positions now.
0: yeah I, I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides uh, one other trade came in under the wire. This was kind of a a, a little bit of a Mister Irrelevant type trade, but you know, I, I think I think it helps both sides. You you have some some other feelings that we'll get into. Um, I traded with um, with the Munduses. I got David Njoku and Joku, uh, and the Munduses took Jamal Williams and my fourth round pick for this year. So, just a little bit of background. Um, I need tight ends because I have. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, and Foster Moreau all hurt. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that. It's a total shit show. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, your, your tight end room went from being first in the league to 32nd just from injuries and underperformances of Kyle Pitts. So
0: so I needed somebody who's going to play. I mean, I think there is in ups- Njoku's hurt right now. I think there is upside with uh, Deshaun Watson moving forward. Um, and I just need warm bodies who aren't named, uh, like, I don't know, uh, Pharaoh Brown or Austin Hooper. Um,
1: Is Pharaoh Brown Noah Brown's best friend, brother?
0: I don't know if they're related. He's the third stringer on the Browns. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Though. I just, we had to, we had to get our weekly Noah Brown plug in here. Tyler must be sleeping <laughs> in, the, in the group message.
0: Um, but, I,
1: uh, yeah, my first reaction though was that, I don't understand why Paul would help out the player that he's playing this week when he needs a win. And I think Jamal Williams for you was out of all your running backs with upside was one of your most expendable, just not that he's old or not producing, but compared to your other running backs, I think this was somebody you could part ways with and you baited him due, to Paul due to him getting a lot of touchdowns and Paul needed a running back. And there's two ways to look at this. You know, like Sean said, I think, in the group message, if Swift goes down, he's the unanimous guy in the Detroit backfield, which is improving every week and always been high-powered this season. But for me, you know, it's all, this all comes down to one game, honestly. If Njoku plays and has a significant game or, like, respectable game, then this is an awful trade because Paul would miss out on playoffs if it gets if gets you up the hall. But that being said, if he does get into play, playoffs now he has the depth and he doesn't have to start single terry and i forget his running, running oh, Dalvin oh, C- cook. Oh, uh, cook regardless of matchups you know those guys are one of them's in a very pass heavy offense the other is injury prone and not having a good season so now this gives him a little bit more options with the uh, alliance having some favorable matchups going up.
0: yeah i mean there's definitely a world where the opposite happens and he plays jamal williams this week and he has a two touchdown game like he is want to have these days and goes off because i mean half or more of these awesome games that jamal williams has had have been on my bench so it's like i don't know i i I, yeah i I see both sides of it but i'm happy to have Njoku even if he is hurt this week
1: Um, no it should be fun
0: Couple of a uh, little bit of drama at the deadline. Boakland looking for uh, <laughs> Oakland looking for a running back. He's he's clinched playoffs now, but looking for uh, some other warm bodies behind Aaron Jones, who is I think questionable still right now. Uh, Joe Mixon, who I don't know what his status is, but he's been in and out the last couple of weeks. And I mean, yeah, he's
1: still on concussion protocol.
0: Even more concerning is how awesome Samaj P. Ryan has been. You know, it's like it. If if P Ryan had been sucking it like really really sucking, then they would probably be r- rushing, rushing mixing back. back into his full workload. But like, why would they do that right now with P Ryan? Would it, run yeah,
1: exactly. Crazy. And that's the only reason why I had P Ryan on my team was for this reason. You know, Joe Mixon, they leaned heavily on him in that offense, and I knew that if he went down, P Ryan would undertake that role. And he is a pretty good complimentary back. So i was figuring if he's if, since we have these deeper rosters that I would just stash it more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh,
0: three weeks, he's been the RB2, 10, and 3. It's crazy.
1: Yep, exactly. But I did engage with Brennan last night trying to, you know, improve his running back room but while trying to part ways with one of my running backs to get some draft picks back. And um, we were going back and forth on a Leonard Fournette deal. Uh, Long story short, he, I wanted a second. He only wanted to part ways with a third. And I didn't want to go that route. But uh, to give everybody a laugh out there, I told Brennan I would be willing to give him Leonard Fournette for a third rounder as long as he changed his name to Too, too Fast, Too Smithson. He unanimously said, no, I'm not changing my name. And that was about the end of that conversation.
0: Brennan, you fucked that one up. <laughs>
1: that was a, that was a steal for him. Uh, I think, (laughs) but I, I honestly, I wouldn't be willing to concede the value. I thought for Leonard Fournette to make him change his name. But (laughs) I think Boakland is here to stay and he is not changing his name, even though we had some really good mascots and name submittals. I mean,
0: look, people, people are going to keep signing that petition. You never know. Maybe one of these years, there'll be a change of heart.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to slip some uppers into Brennan's uh, pre-workout morning so that he can change his name or something. But...
0: The other, and then the... I
1: tried to, I, yeah, I tried to, I try to deal with Josh too to get Kamara uh, going back and forth with him because I could tell he was a little emotional that he wasn't doing well, and uh, I could tell Josh was tapping into the the brown stuff, so I was figured I could take advantage of him, but I uh, couldn't get anything done.
0: I think this is going to be a story to watch in the offseason. I'd be pretty surprised if Kamara was on Josh's team next year.
1: No, I think so too. I believe I could approach him with a better offer, but I got to catch him at the right time and make sure that my guys are trending in the right way to make a deal. And it's not that, and by the way, it's not that, you know, I could talk shit on Josh and he'd hear it because he admitted to us that he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's our only member that hasn't listened to an episode. Ooh,
0: that's hurtful. That's hurtful.
1: It was hurtful.
0: (laughs) Well, um, I think that does it for Trade Talk. you want to get into the week?
1: Sure, let's do it.
0: Last week, today. Well, to summarize, Pat lost in uh, I Choose You this past week. So uh, he's turning FaceTime on. What are you drinking this week? You're at at home right now, so you're not here drinking uh, whatever this shitty vodka is called
1: so i actually am drinking something decent i just went into my liquor cabinet and grabbed a a nice little shot of screwball so i oh, haven't had that in Christ. a while but but i know it's very it's very sweet but Polarized. i haven't had it in a while and i uh and then i remembered <clears throat> i have this lovely Santa mug with my name on it from a christmas pot, potluck i went to last year so mm. i'm gonna take that while we're on here. Very Cheers.
0: Cute. very cute
1: hmm yeah i can feel it going down my nose (laughs) all right let's get into it abjagan versus joe dennis
0: all right so we'll we'll start with uh me versus joe dennis's i uh i put up 166 points this week i had the biggest week in the league and i'm i'm stoked to be back baby i haven't won the 20 dollars since 2021 so that feels good um i mean across the board great weeks or at least decent weeks um the only the only player uh, actually well Hayden Hurst he got hurt he gets a pass the only other player I played who didn't have a great week is Josh Allen he's had a couple of pretty mid weeks and I'm I'm feeling a little stressed about it but I, I gotta believe he's gonna pull it together in the playoffs um, on both sides of the ball here Metcalf and Lockett both had huge weeks for me and and Sean um, it's crazy what what they've been able to do with with Gino this year. Um, no,
1: it's definitely uh, it's definitely incredible, and you know Geno Smith is definitely getting comeback player of the year, even though he was just coming back from being a backup, not like at a significant injury or anything. But yeah, I mean your team's looking good. You solidified your playoff spot. Now I know you're going to be looking to uh, improve your or not your playoff seeding spot, hopefully. Maybe you try to sneak in a bye in the first round.
0: I, it could, it could yeah, happen. Your teams looking
1: good with a deep running back room, and, you know, hopefully this Njoku trade can help you out a little bit.
0: Um, I think two other players worth noting. One on my bench, Cam Akers, fell into the end zone twice this week. 60 yards is like as many as he's had for every other game this season combined, basically. Um, so I... I i think this has something to do with just the fact that the rams are completely falling apart and they're just like like what else when i saw
1: that his stat line was that you know what my first reaction was that they're marketing him to other teams yep they they were he fell out of favor he was healthy scratches there seemed to be something going on in the locker room there with him and the coaching staff and then all of a sudden he's just playing again which makes me think that they're showing other teams what he's worth
0: 17 for 60 is, what, like a little under four yards a carry. That's about average. I want to say like three and a half the average across the, the yeah, league.
1: That's mediocrity.
0: Yeah. It, it's so, but, I mean, yeah, whatever. It, at least he's getting the work. Um, A.J. Dillon got a lot going on uh, with Aaron Jones, questionable. So, I, I mean, if A.J. Dillon can pull it together for the playoffs, I'm going to be stoked. Uh, but on Sean's side, another pretty disastrous injury – uh, Ken Walker, what actually happened? Do you know Do you know exactly what happened with him?
1: I, I do not. Oh, would not it, even so it says here strain bullshit. in his foot.
0: Strain in his foot, so who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to try to get him back to status quo because Seahawks will likely have a wild card spot, mm-hmm. uh, possibly even competing for that NFC West title. So, you know, they need to get him back to full strength so that they can make a nice little playoff run.
0: So uh, next matchup. Last week we called it the marquee matchup. Ended up being more like Donnie versus Mundus. Um, and I,
1: felt like, I felt like a flushing toilet when I saw that, that, that game finish up with the Chargers. So, I... so
0: let, let's, let's just start with the end. So this game came down to the very end of the Chargers Raiders game. Um, Take us through it.
1: So I just got home from the Ravens game (laughs) and I was with my girlfriend and, you know, got a full uh, hard ass dick from winning the game excited. You know, I I knew my team was doing well up to that point in fantasy. And I think I saw at one point that I was like 82% projected to win and i'm like fuck yeah i can be paul fuck that cocksucker i'm gonna Playoff get into time, playoffs baby. this is gonna be awesome and then i turned away for a second and i looked and i saw like Devonte adams was just going berserk and i'm like holy fucking shit and hannah thinks like something serious is happening like my mom's being transported to the hospital <laughs> My and god, I'm like, or something along <laughs> worse. those lines, it's even worse. And I I'm like worse, I'm gonna be eating Paul's ass in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally just watch that lead dwindle up and down. and I'm watching the four o'clock games, and that's the Bengals and the Chiefs. And Paul's got Jamar Chase, and I have Samaj P. Ryan. Mm. So I'm like, whatever you do, do not throw it to Chase, do not throw it to Chase. P Ryan was getting some dink and dunks. So I'm like, cool. Do that all day. That's all I need. And I would have really liked a touchdown from him to really like put it out of reach. And then me- in the meantime, you know, Chargers and Raiders are going back and forth. And then the Raiders just need to run out the clock. If they get one more first down, the game's over, and they don't get it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, they're gonna punt thirty seconds left, which means, you know, they're gonna play prevent defense, so Herbert's gonna mm-hmm. get like
0: He's gonna two passing yards.
1: And sure enough, he got his fucking line or foot over the line and put me into the uh into the ground.
0: So so you lose to Paul by seven tenths of a point in the literally the final five seconds play. of the game, the yep. last play of the game. That's tough. And I yeah, mean, it
1: was very, it was very deflating. But I mean, the, I was calling. I actually called Paul like during it. Like I'm like, are you watching what's happening in our fantasy matchup? And Paul was had a few cocktails and was very depressed because we had also lost the bet that we had placed earlier that, you know, partly Paul himself cooked up, but he was not doing well. But after that, I think he got second wind and was happy that he beat me.
0: I mean, thinking about this matchup though, these are two teams that should have done a lot better than they actually did. You know, Lamar Jackson, he got one or two drives in. He got a point, uh,
1: if he if he didn't go down, I won that game.
0: Deshaun game Watson, easily. Deshaun Watson, absolutely dog shit first performance back. I mean, who could have seen that coming? I don't know why the hell Mundus started him.
1: <laughs> I mean i I would have probably started him too. No way, are the, you kidding me? The boob. I I would have I would have entertained it just for the sake of the matter that it was the Texans. I mean, the fact that he has been off for two years is definitely. reason not to and they did say don't start him just for that reason and they're going to ease his way back in. He had Big Dick Mike White.
0: Big Dick Mike White in a great matchup against the Vikings. That's an insta start for me.
1: Yeah, but I mean it ended up paying off for him. I had Nick Chubb who uh, didn't perform. I actually started Amari Cooper too. I was like if Sean Watson does have a game it's going to be because of Cooper and Cooper's going to score more points. But
0: What's his name? Uh, George Pickens had a goose egg until the fourth quarter. So like, yeah, it, he
1: he almost bailed me out too, but I mean he's good. I think he seems to be Kenny's favorite. Both target. of your teams um, had both
0: of your teams had one player go totally bonkers, a couple players that did okay, and a, the the players that shit the bed really. Yeah, really...
1: Devonte Adams and Amon. We basically, had, I mean, obviously the score shows but we our teams had mirror games. I mean, mm-hmm. he had Devonte and Amon Rock cancel each other out. I had Lamar and George Pickens cancel each other out. So, I mean. It is what it is I mean I'm upset but you know can't really control it and I was looking at the stats today I've scored 200 points more than Paul and I've had hundred points more scored against me so he's going to get found out real quick in the playoffs so <laughs> if he does make it but we'll see I mean i'm I'm not worried about it I just my uh my destiny's in God's hands now
0: so um, I guess, do you want to talk any more about the Browns? Like, what do you? Do, you, you, you sounded bare – or more? I guess uh, you sound like you might be looking up on Deshaun Watson. You think he might come back? Make it. I don't know. Season.
1: I, I really don't know. I would have to. I need a l- larger sample size. The thing that does suck for Deshaun Watson, but also good for us, is that you know most of his games coming up are going to be against AFC North with all of them have pretty good defenses. So yeah. he's going to be, you know, having a tough time.
0: I mean, the reality so, is he's surrounded by talent, you know? I mean, great running back room, no, he does. great receivers.
1: Yeah, um, He's arguably the best running back tandem in the league, arguably. I wouldn't say at this point anymore, but, you know, they have a good running backs. Donovan Peoples-Jones is coming about. Mari Cooper's a stud. Decent tight ends and decent defense. I mean, they have the materials for him, but we'll see if, the injuries and the general stench of Cleveland hasn't seeped into his blood yet.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else to uh, cover in this one?
1: Nope. Uh, the more and more we talk about it, the more I slope down into my couch. So let's not do
0: that. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, Heflins versus Prudence. I was kind of expecting a big comeback for the Heflins in this one. And actually they, they did put up a lot of points, 130 points really would have beat most of the teams in the league. Um, but Prudence, I mean, his his team continues to go crazy. A.J. Brown is unstoppable. Garrett Wilson is probably the best rookie that was drafted, um, or certainly among them.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Well, I think Garrett Wilson is more happy that he doesn't have Zach Wilson thrown to him anymore. I mean, he definitely has had a resurgence since Mike White.
0: He's so He's her. so good.
1: Yeah, they said Garrett Wilson was probably the best one coming out, either him or Olave. And they all both came into good situations. I mean, the Saints, they need to fix their quarterback situation. And the Jets have a budding offense. And now it seems that Mike White gives them more of a chance than Zach Wilson. But, you know, Prudence has a really good team. Uh, They continue to fire on all cylinders. I mean, we'll see. Uh, if his team gets humbled in the playoffs, I mean, he's had a couple, he's had a lot of wins strung together. He's 10 and three now, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he part. was, he
0: was talking to me about some of my backup running backs as well because he doesn't have a ton of depth there. You know, he, he put Antonio Gibson in the flex. That guy is not bankable and uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of a talent behind him.
1: Nope. I, I get it. I understand why you want to do that. And you know, I think you and him could uh, probably share a drink over tight end struggles too, oh, especially with Cotter going
0: down for him. Yeah, Robert Tunyon is a weird one. Like he's he's a good player, and like he just they they, they just don't get him targets. It's weird. It's like Green he Bay. Only, he
1: had a good fantasy season two years ago. And yeah, all that, he's I, I remember that. Guy.
0: But it's like why why does he only get a couple of targets a game when there is such a lack of talent at receiver yeah, at on that team?
1: Yeah, because they always talk about Rodgers liking his guys or guys that he's built a rapport with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they have the Randall Cobb and Tunyon and you know Aaron Jones. And it took him a while to actually start building his rapport with now Christian Watson, who arguably is having a, one
2: of yeah, the best second awesome half too. Of the season.
1: he's, he's awesome, kind of having man. like a Amend Ross, St. Brown second half of the season he did last year as a rookie. So he's really fast and good. So, I mean, we'll see what's going on with the Packers offense, but in other news, Heflin syndicate their Yeah. Swan songs done with their playoff run, but he's got to be feeling good as an owner, Brendan, that he's got some really solid pieces going into next season. Yep. Justin Fields is taking that second year leap. We'll see if the bears can invest properly to continue that for him. Where. You know he's still putting up these stat lines, but they're turning those losses into wins, and they have other players on the offense that are helping him succeed.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's easy to imagine with a you know number four pick, probably number three pick, um, that he is able to really get this his team back on track next next year with a couple of good off season moves. Um, yeah,
1: Brendan does some pre draft studying and actually does an assessment of what he wants his team to look like. I think he could really do some damage with that third pick. I think one of the quarterbacks coming out could be something Brendan can look forward to because, you know, he has Justin Fields, he has Derek Carr. Um, maybe tr- he could trade Derek Carr for draft capital or for mm-hmm. another player. I think Brendan has a lot of, I think Brendan's in a good position to be. And I think he has a really good, like I said, solid base with those two guys, Jonathan Taylor, two really really good young wide receivers in lamb and justin jefferson but i I guess when i was looking at his team and you know we could see the points that he puts up with those five guys alone i mean Mm -hmm. they could probably get him 100 points alone every week in brendan's position you know he is five and eight and not making playoffs and this would be the second straight year he's not getting playoffs would you look to deal one of those guys i mean i don't think he would I mean, just knowing Brendan as a person, he's very stubborn when it comes to the Bears, so Justin Fields isn't
0: moving. No, that's not happening.
1: But, and Justin Jefferson is the bona fide stud, yeah. arguably the best wide receiver in the league right now. He's not moving, but I don't like, I don't
0: think I, I think that the people that he I don't think he should trade any of those kind of like the running back or wide receiver or really Mark Andrews. I mean, could he deal Muth maybe because he's got he's got years left on Mark Andrews. Um, but I mean I, I think that he could trade some people on his on his bench for like late round capital just to for some scratch offs or something like that. I mean
1: I think uh yeah, I think I think the people that he would if he would, if I were Brendan, I think Muth and Derek Carr, maybe Joshua Palmer are guys that he could move off of. But Joshua Palmer gives him a little bit of depth in the Chargers offense that you know, being a slot receiver on the Chargers is pretty good.
0: Yeah, and so he – and I mean but he,
1: he has some value I feel. But, you know, Firemuth is a young tight end. Tight ends are, you know, automatic starts at tight end are few and far between in our league. And I think Derek Carr, you know, I I personally would reach – I might reach out to Brendan on him because, you know, with Lamar Jackson's injury struggles and Jared Goff's inconsistencies and Kenny Pickett's, you know, love, room for development, I could use some more consistency there. So, I mean, those are just, just playing, just kicking the can down with it, you know.
0: Yeah. No, good points. Um, I guess anything anything else to talk about here. Prudence had a great game. I think as long as his his core guys stay healthy, I mean his old quarterbacks remain a huge liability. Tom Brady had like five points before that game winning drive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, it's crazy.
0: Um, but I mean, obviously he's the number one seed right now. He's got a great team. Yeah, so he'll
1: have a bye at least. Uh, I I think he would have a bye at least. Yeah, he, so,
0: he's clinched a bye.
1: So, yeah, I mean, Tyler's going to be competing for that first first spot over him because I think Tyler has more points than him, and he would need Prudence to lose.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, um, you know, if Tyler loses and you win, I think you could possibly take that second yep.
0: seed. Yep, exactly. Um, up next, Nate McGreal versus Boakland. Oakland clinches playoffs with this one. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a slow week for him, too. I mean, under 110 points just by a hair. Um, decent game by a, a bunch of players on the team here, but no total Studley performances. Jeff Wilson shit the bed. Um, but, you know, he, he got, the, got the W over, over Nate. There was, there was a minute there where I thought we were going to be celebrating another birthday.
1: No, I did too. I I, saw, I thought the same thing. I I said that, you know, Adam's team is getting healthy finally and starting to gain some speed in the right departments, like yeah. the Cowboys being being pretty good team, you know, with him and Schultz. Rashad White's a really good running back, rookie running back. Right. Chris Godwin, you can tell he is going to be a, one of those injury guys, but when he's on the field, he's a PPR machine and just a big target, sure-handed. Um, but the thing I really want to talk about is out of the playoff teams, you know, uh, if I'm sneaking in there, I would really like to lick my chops with Oakland's team in the opening round. He had a really strong team last year in the playoffs, and I think he was lead for most of last year with you and I think Adam. But out of all the playoff teams, I think he would be the one I'd want to play right now just because the injury bugs are starting to hit and the lack of depth At his key positions, and he didn't really make any trades to improve his roster. If anything, he got worse with a hurt Marquise Brown and letting go of Trevor Lawrence. So that's somebody that, and you know, you've already listed it—the crazy amount of injuries he has. But you know, Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Joe Mixon—I mean, that's a lot of key contributors on your team that are going to be injured, and it's going to be hard. I mean
0: especially if Aaron Jones is going to be missing time it's going to be it's going to yep, be yep another tough.
1: person Aaron Jones is you know top 10 running back in fantasy
0: and you know and what I feel like every, if he's
1: not doing it then he's going to be struggling
0: every year he misses a couple games you know there's that time in every season where Aaron Jones is banged up for like 2 3 games and uh this might be it i mean the, the good news is that he gets a bye week um so hopefully that means that he'll come. The good news for for Brennan, not necessarily for the rest of us, um, is that he gets a bye week to kind of chill out and then hopefully come back feeling better. But um, if not, you know, trouble trouble in paradise.
1: Yeah, and the and speaking of bye weeks and get towards later in the season, the one thing I'm starting to think about with teams and players is that you know in playoffs I know our our season goes for 14 weeks with 15, 16. Seventeen being, you know, the playoffs. Some of these teams that are out of it but have good players and they're not playing for anything anymore tend to shut guys down or ease up loads or kind of give other guys a chances. For example, you know, the Packers. If they're mathematically closed out, I mean, they might not be playing Aaron Rodgers anymore and giving Jordan Love some looks or Aaron Jones. Like they might. I don't know. It's. I'm just using that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It could Could I mean, Jordan Love looked pretty darn good. If teams are
1: closing out playoffs or, like, already solidified for playoffs, like, for you, let's say, hypothetically, Josh Allen wins a division for the Bills a week early. Are you playing in him in the last week of the season? And that could be your fantasy championship. Who knows?
0: Oof, yeah. I mean, in week 17, let's hope that they're still playing him. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fair point. Um, Last matchup for the week. Erdmans versus the McCracken. Um, this, was, this ended up being a, a little bit of a blowout, um, more so than maybe I was expecting. Uh, Tyler put up 125, solid win here, um, locked up the, the number two seed. I mean, it, it could happen. I, I could end up in the number two spot, but honestly, it's feeling unlikely. Uh, pretty tough L for the McCracken, though. Um, he's definitely a, a shoe-in. For the, the playoffs at this point, I mean, the the number one tough thing for him right now has got to be running back. Alvin Kamara has been pretty bad all season. Um, he, I mean, he pulled a rabbit out of his hat with Zonovan Knight for the Jets, uh, putting 17 <laughs> points yeah, up. I saw that. Um, but like, Jalen Waddell, he left early, you know, 1.9 points. That's crazy. Um Travis Kelsey had a tough game with a fumble. Um, It's not like he really left a ton of points on the bench. It was just a tough week for the squad.
1: Yeah. Josh's team is pretty good. Uh, He's got some really good young players that he just needs to catch lightning in a bottle with him. Oof. I take that back. He had Christian Watson,
0: had 24 on the bench.
1: Yeah. He's going to, I mean, the thing with Josh, though, is he has, you know, Jalen Waddell and Debo Samuel and you know it's hard to start them or start watson over those guys now mm-hmm. but i think he's gonna need to start looking at like this is aaron Rodgers' top target now which means that he's gonna fall in love with him and throw the ball a And knees has a shitload of yards after the catch and has breakaway speed but the one thing i did want to say though and i kind of highlighted this earlier in the show with mccracken and oakland was they both publicly said they want to improve at running back and the problem is with both of them, I'm not trying to shit on their negotiation tactics or anything, but, you know, if you're going to be a playoff team, you need to, like, assess your risks a little bit better and understand value, you know. I'm, by no means am our teams going to, like, lowball you or anything like that, but I think they had, un, like, unreal unrealistic expectations when it comes to improving their squads, you know. I mean, I was trying to offer them running backs. I know you were, but... I'm sure Tyler was probably reaching out to at times, but Mm -hmm. you know, with guys with lack of depth and everything, I mean, and you see it in real football, you know, the the 49ers, they did it with McCaffrey. They needed a running back bad because of, you know, inconsistent play with Elijah Mitchell and injuries across the board. And they gave up a lot of draft capital. And if your team is ready to win now, those are the types of trees. No
0: doubt. I mean, um, you know, this is, I, I, I come back to the fact that this is only the second year that we've been in this league. You know, nobody's been playing in this style of of fantasy league for very long. So I would would imagine that that the way that we all work with each other on this sort of thing, like toward the end of the season, I would imagine the the relations are a little bit different in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think people are, you know, our first year, I I mean, how many trades do we make? Zero. Zero. Yeah, right, and now that we've gotten comfortable with it and realized how hard it is to field a team we can week out with injuries and then there's nothing on the waiver wire and, you know, trading with one another is kind of like buying stocks, like buying low, selling high, trying to see, like, where these guys are going to be in the next five years with their current squads or another team. You know, it's, it's, it's a very hard game to predict and you have to, you know, feel out people's tendencies and what their vision for their teams are. But, you know, for those two, I feel they could use running back depth, but they need to be willing to, you know, part ways with things. And I talked to Josh about this last night. It was basically, you know, he wanted to do like Zeke Elliott and something for Kamara. And I was like, I think this is more of a lateral. Uh, he wanted like, a second or a first Ezekiel Elliott for Kamara and I'm like this trade doesn't do anything for me not worse and I don't think you necessarily improve with that trade either
0: hmm.
1: and he, it was just more like trades are supposed to be lateral until, until they aren't so interesting you know philosophy but you know it was just more of like an observation and assessment of my negotiations with them
0: yeah hmm I mean, I guess just to quickly wrap this up, um, it's kind of like with Prudence's team. Like we don't we don't need to dwell too much on on what's going on on the Erdman squad. Um, they're awesome. Jalen Hurts is a cheat code. He's so freaking good. I, I mean, yeah, he he's awesome. Uh, Kirk had a shit week, but whatever. The other folks made up for it. I mean, really, it was like it was a lot of decent performances and no total duds. Um McLaren went yeah. off, which is good to see. I mean, McLaren, um what's his name? Heineke and Mike White kind of saving the day for these teams. You kinda you kinda love to see it.
1: Yeah, it, for sure. Especially, you know, Washington making a bad investment with Wentz. Yeah. It's nice that Heineke's kind of right in the ship for them and I'm sure Washington fans are happy. And Mike White kinda saving them from a bad quarterback pick, you know. Especially, I think the Jets are more happier or sorry, happier with their you know, discovery of Mike White because they are exceeding expectations and they have a good defense and young stars on offense that they just needed somebody to kind of get the, the ball rolling with their offensive playmakers. Hmm. Yeah. And the only thing and the last thing to wrap up with Josh, you know, he's been riding some serious coattails of Tua having a really good season and think Tua finally got humbled, playing a really good defense on the road. He had three turnovers, so we'll see how the Dolphins can finish out the season. I think they got the Bills this week. Uh, Starting to get a little colder. They're going to be making that, you know, division push with the Bills to get a, a, a home game, but, you know, Miami playing on the road in January is a lot different than playing on the road in September or at home. So we'll see how if Waddle and Tua and Tyree can continue doing their thing,
0: yeah, very good point. Um, well, that that does it for the for the matchups. Um, hold on.
1: Yeah, so I guess uh, I We usually do a call in with our highest scorer, but you know, since that this week this is you, I was thinking we could kind of do a little state of the union from you as a. I was going to interview you and ask you some questions on not just your team but the state of the league and uh, some other assessments. So. First off, congrats for finally getting your highest scoring of the season for being the third team in the league. So, very unlikely stat, but uh, you know, with the new baby and all, where, where's that twenty dollars going for you?
0: Ooh, straight to the diaper fund, baby.
1: That's what. It is. That's most of the owners in our league who have kids. So that's their diaper fund. I heard that's a, that's co- that's quite the pricey investment for a new child.
0: Oh man, this baby only does his shit.
1: <laughs> and he's he's a good-looking kid, and I know you almost wanted to swing at me last week when I said he looked like Winston Churchill.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think if, if he could actually comprehend English, uh, he would be swinging on you as well.
1: <laughs> so I guess one of the questions uh, I did want to ask you, and I think our listeners would want to know, like basically, and we can talk about this in the off-season too. But you know, what's your vision for the year or the years coming up with the league? I think everybody in our league, just from talking every day and the general camaraderie, camaraderie is that, you know, dynasty league is definitely a more entertaining way to go, especially with lifelong friends. Um, so my question to you would be like, do you have any visions on how to improve a league or, you know, don't fix something that's not broken. I just want to get your general feedback.
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I, I mean, so a couple of things that I've been thinking about longer term, I guess first, like, as far as Dynasty goes, what I'm really curious to see is kind of like once we get halfway through like this whole generation of players and new ones are starting to, you know, who are the new superstars going to be? And like, how can we as, as fantasy managers try to like, oh, this guy's looking kind of the same way that like Josh Allen was looking in his second year. Like, I think he's going to take the leap. So I'm going to, you know, buy low, this sort of thing. Like what kinds of what kinds of these
1: evaluations of talent
0: exactly and like like it's it i feel like it just works differently in this format so like you you really have to call your shot early pick somebody off the waiver wire and have them sit on your bench for like two years before they really pop off because if you wait until they pop off um it's it's not going to work um so i mean i'm kind of curious just like as the league goes on like you know year five six seven of this league um <clears throat> if i can if i can even say that it'll last that long um i definitely would i'm looking forward to uh to kind of like how how the way that we play is going to change as it goes on um but i mean as far as changes to the league go one is adding more people like should we ever expand to a 12 team league how that would go you know I, I i don't know exactly but that would be an interesting change for the league is to add more teams change it up a little bit but the other one that i think about a lot is going to individual defensive player and like starting a linebacker and a defensive lineman and a, and it's somebody from secondary or something like that um and that would be a whole new draft a whole other kind of like universe of players that we would all have to start caring about and knowing about and it's like totally different from the fantasy that any of us have been playing for, for years now. Um, I don't know. Are you interested in individual defensive player at all?
1: So you bring up a lot of good, you know, suggestions and they're actually things that, um, they're actually a good segue into what I was curious about too. And, um, I know this is an interview, you, but just as one feedback, we talk frequently, you know, on and off the mics, but, I think with the whole adding new owners thing, I mean, I'm under the general assumption for most of these that, you know, the league is running great right now. I think the way we interact with one another personally and with our football teams is awesome. And I think the league is great. And I just think that with the 10 owners we have, I think we have built up a great chemistry with one another and, you know, expanding that with two new people I mean they wouldn't be new people they'd probably be people we know of course yeah. we're friends with but yeah it would have to be yeah but I just think the whole 10 teams and the way our teams are set up is awesome um, so that would be something you know if somebody were to leave in a couple of years but I strongly doubt that people would leave I mean it's it's fantasy football everybody plays it year in year out and I think a lot of us would agree that it's a great way for us to keep in touch with one another I know that's why I'm in a bunch of other fantasy leagues, and then I guess your next question was basically about the whole uh, IDP player. Um, So that's another thing that is uh, that would definitely be getting the league going with getting defenses going. I know a lot of people don't like kickers because that's something that's not really
0: definitely not. We're we're definitely not doing kickers. Zero percent chance. So like, so with
1: the individual player aspect, you know, that takes a little bit different degree of strategy and it depends on how much points that person merits and how that works but you know all those types of topics and visions for the league it's going to be very interesting and i think a lot of our members are very open-minded you know i mean we asked them i mean i remember when you initially texted me about doing a podcast and i laughed out loud because i thought it was awesome but you know i said before we get ahead of ourselves let's see if the league would be interested in everybody with resounding, you know,
0: except Josh and said, yes, except Josh.
1: So, yep. Except Josh and yeah. Brendan, cause he was, you know, saving the world for us. But, um, no, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain with it a little bit and, you know, especially being a successful manager yourself. Um, and I think everybody in the league, I know I'm speaking for myself and I talked to, you know, Paul a lot. He's one of my closer friends and Tyler and Brendan, you know, I know they really enjoy this league. I know everybody else we talk to about it. They think it's awesome and they think it's entertaining and funny. I know a lot of my friends that are that went to Susquehannock with us, you know, they think it's funny as shit that what we do and it's great that we have that. And I know Paul as commissioner of another league has talked to us about possibly transitioning to a dynasty league. So mm. it's been a really it's been a really great concept and really great for just talking sports and just shooting the shit with one another. And uh, obviously making fun of our teams other two is definitely more
0: entertaining. Yeah. Glad to, glad to hear it that you're having, you know, th- that it's been so fun. Um, I, I guess I don't want to make any changes anytime soon though. Let's, let's, no, get a couple, I agree. Get a I agree. Like, like I said,
1: don't, belt. uh, don't, there's no need to fix something that's not broken. And, uh, I think, uh, going forward, I, th- I think everybody's pretty transparent about what they want and, um, I think in the off season like we do like the you know how like in the NFL they do like the player or the coaches meeting like in Hawaii and stuff. We could do the same for this, kinda of have like an open talk or whatever. Or um, I know one thing I would like to promote is trying to get together with as many guys as possible. Oh dude, that's a that's a no brainer. Trying to coordinate.
0: That's a no brainer. We and, gotta do that for the I day. know
1: I know a, I know a couple guys are coming home for Christmas next weekend. Um, and the Ravens play on Saturday. So I was mm. hoping we could try to get something together for that.
0: Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's a great idea. But, uh, that's another topic. Yeah, but, but yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, not, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, last question for you. Um, is Lamar elite and would you pay him? Yes. Yeah. I don't think that should be ever discussed amongst Ravens fans as much as it is. But you'd be surprised. So So, thank you for being uh, a voice of reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I keep that one quick. We're almost, we're uh, coming up on an hour. We have like three minutes left. So we got to get the show on the road for I Choose You, unfortunately. I figured.
1: Yep, let's do it.
0: All right, so just like every week, me and Pat are going to pick winners um, for the the upcoming week. Whoever gets the fewest right is taking a shot on the air next time. And this week, last week before the playoffs, a little bit more weight on all of these matchups, or at least most of them. Um, Well, let's just get into it. Myself versus Mundus. uh, I'm going to hit the button on this. Um, huge playoff implications for Mundus, uh, win and he's in basically. And if I win and some other, uh, some other pieces fall, um, I get the buy. So I'm betting on myself here, even though my team's a little wacky right now.
1: Yep. I'm definitely team shaking this week. You have my vote. Uh, please beat, beat him into submission. Uh, I think. <laughs> That'd be great for me personally and for the league, but uh, definitely going with you.
0: Uh, McCracken versus the Heflins. I mean, the Heflins could play the spoiler here, but they have the Bears and the Colts on by, so I'm going with the McCracken.
1: Yeah, hard to bet against the McCrackens this week with Fields. Jonathan Taylor on by. I mean, tough tough to jump across that one, but uh, McCrackens for sure.
0: So uh, next one, you're facing off against the Dennis's. The Dennis's are in full-blown tank mode. Um, plus, they have a ton of injuries and a lot of bye week effects this week. So, I mean, there's there, I, I think you're picking this one up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on a five-game losing streak. <laughs> I mean, if wow. I can't beat
0: <laughs> That's crazy, the Dennis's,
1: I, I know that. <laughs> I'd rather not talk about it. We're kind of pressed for time, but you know, i be finishing. So I'm going to be finishing seven seven and sneaking into playoffs hopefully. So, my, I'm going to pick myself. Uh,
0: Boakland versus Prudence. I think Boakland has the better team this week with the Packers on by. So I'm going with him.
1: Yep, I'm going to have to go against that uh, for playoff purposes. Prudence <laughs> needs to knock Bo- Bo- Boakland down a few notches. He does have a. A two-point projected O.J. Howard at tight end. That's how much Yikes. he's struggling at a tight end just as long as you. But, uh, hopefully Prudence can pull it out.
0: Um, and lastly, but certainly not least, Erdman's versus Nate McGreal. So I'm really betting on the spoiler here. Go Nate.
1: Yep, Erdman's locking it up for me. Nate picking first. I'm going to have to go with Erdman's.
0: Well, that'll do it. Um, Huntley's in this week on the road against the Steelers. Uh, that's a that's a tough one man
1: yeah it's gonna be hard to pick a win in this one i think uh i think the ravens could do it i just it just you just don't have that type of confidence like you do with lamar
0: it'll be fun in the chat aren't their normal self it'll be fun in the chat um, that's for sure
1: oh yeah i'm sure paul will be nice and animated he's coming down this weekend for a couple days so yep uh i'll be sure he's sleeping on the floor when he comes (laughs) to my house but uh I was just thinking real quick that how much fun these games were in the middle of the 2000s with all of our personalities and the Steelers' personalities. And now they're just hot. It sucks. I mean, Big Ben was always, uh, you know, a pariah. But, I'm, and I really liked hating on Chase Claypool. But it just, the Steelers-Ravens rivalries aren't the same.
0: I mean, it we're, we're in a little bit of an interim period right now. I'm sure it'll be heated again soon.
1: Yep, but... uh. Fun, fun show, different show. Glad everybody bared with us for this. Take us away.
0: All right. Cheers, guys. Have a great, great week.